Hello and welcome to Taishar Manetherin, Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Will. Happy Halloween, or I guess uh, happy November 1st or 2nd or 3rd, when, <laughs> depending yeah. on when we get this out. We're recording it on Halloween, so happy Halloween. <laughs> so we are here to react to the full-length cinematic trailer we got, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool to get that. Before we like get into kind of doing a breakdown, what just overall impressions, what were, what were yours? <laughs> It really gives me a better feeling about the show yeah. in general. I think that was something you had mentioned, Will, and I completely agree. I it uh, I feel the kind of Lord of the Rings vibes more so than the Game of Thrones inspiration, and I like that. I mean, obviously, the source material is not Lord of the Rings, but you can feel that there's a, a similar kind of approach to cinematography, to costume design, different different from game of thrones and i i think it's a it's a nice it's a nice feel no i completely agree i think um you get a better sense for the, the what we've talked about what i've heard other people talk about the fact that this is a uh, wheel of time that is is a bridge kind of between the fantasy of the Tolkien Lewis era and the more modern fantasy that mm -hmm. tends towards a little more grimdark where right. there is some grittiness, some, some dark moments in there, but it's not uh, grimdark. It's more of a, a good split between the more idealistic kind of fantasy that you had in the Tolkien era. And I think, a more modern, maybe a little bit more grounded kind of view of fantasy. So that's uh, that. That was my impression too. Just that you get you get a, a little better feel overall for the mood and tone of the series than you did in the teaser. Yeah, lots of lots of details in here that confirm things we speculated about. Right, that like fill in some of the fill in some of the gaps, fill in some of the speculation with truth, and then you would you would send over a kind of walkthrough video that Rafe did, like Rafe narrating the trailer, which was uh, when you sent it, I was like, oh, a IGN breaking down the trailer, like who cares? But then like, oh shoot, Rafe is doing this okay this is uh pretty cool right he he gave us some real good details so yeah really it gave kind of give, gives you some background on uh his way of of thinking about things and the way the show is approaching adapting the books which is pretty cool well we'll dive into it first off i'll say we're not going to offer any spoilers that i don't think that rafe didn't do in his breakdown right but yeah he had some in his yeah yeah and then um we may get a little more spoilery at the end so mm -hmm. and to be fair it's a trailer it covers you know uh it highlights the whole first season just right. about so um, yeah so we're not gonna be like doing any major plot point spoilage yeah. It's not as gratuitous as a lot of the Netflix previews is like I watch a Netflix preview like, well, I just watched the whole show. Right. So I don't really know why I'm going to continue. Yeah. To watch it. <laughs> yeah. There certainly are times where and, you know, it's funny. There was a period of time where it felt like trailers in general just had gotten to be the entire movie. Super cut of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like that kind of we kind of shifted away from that, like just in the last like five or six years. There's I want to get back to the movie guy voice. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. The, in a world where. Right. Sandwiches rule. I, you know. Yeah. It's funny. Of course, I love honest trailers, but there's a degree yeah. to which like the joke is almost lost because no one does that hardly. Anymore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Figment of the past. Right. 
let's take a look here. So it opens right away with a heavy Moraine focus. That's really this whole trailer. Yep, um, right. We get into, and, and this is just kind of interesting to me, it, it sounds like it's uh, Swan saying, swear your oath, Moraine. Right, and then the holding out the oath rod there. Right. And so then she gives the three O's. Now, there are several things here um, that uh, I, I, I take away. Um, is if, the, if we're to take this at face value, then this is a change that Swan is the Omerlin when when Moraine swears her oaths, if that's, if that's indeed the case. Now, of course, trailers are often cut together you yep, know, yep. in ways that can make, you know, de- be deceitful just to give but, you... But I take your point, that would be a departure from the books, which right. would be understandable to some extent, possibly. Right. Yeah, the only, th- the only question is, you know, how, do, how does that change uh swan and moraine's um history without getting Mm -hmm. into uh, more spoilery things than that Mm -hmm. um one of the things that is clear is that we're getting at least a little bit of content that belongs in new spring um as we had speculated very early on um was probably going to be likely and and there's actually room for a little bit more of that later on right yeah i think rafe even says like yeah we're getting into both stuff that's not in the books at all and um stuff that's not necessarily in just the first book. He even kind of yeah, highlights yeah. that. And is, and is right. Yeah. One of the other things in this bit that I've heard people kind of get riled up about that I really think is a whole lot of nothing is the fact that they cut off the last oath before it is all the way <laughs> out. And I guarantee you guys that the rest of it is in there. Um, right, right. I, I could not imagine them having the right. acid. I swear to never use the power as a weapon period. Um, yeah, that wouldn't make sense, especially <laughs> with literally when we see Moraine throwing fireballs at uh, Shadow Spawn. Right. So <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not going to do harm. I'm just going to scare them. Right. Exactly. So I, I think it's just fairly safe to say this is just a, a you know, curtailed version of the full last, last oath that would include and accept uh, in defense of myself or that of my warder. And or against Shadow Spawn or however it's worded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, the in defense thing is always kind of funny. It's like, like I don't know. Do you feel threatened yet when there's like an army approaching? Like, right. can, you, can you attack? Do you feel like you're you're in danger? Yeah, it's <laughs> not till then. Something that I don't think is quite used to the comedic effect in the books that could be used in the show is mm-hmm. that whole concept. Like, what if somebody is like really menacing at an ice to die and uh, you know it's like why don't you attack me or something and they say come at me bro yeah and then they, <laughs> they just say i don't feel threatened like basically saying well I, played right well played exactly and i, I just, would like that that would be a funny moment as if like can't you attack me and it's like i'm um I'm bound by the O's to only... You're going to have to try harder than that. Right. If I feel threatened, (laughs) um, I simply don't feel threatened would be a a really great, you know, kind of sideways. Yeah, you could see Moraine delivering that line. Yes, something like that. Pretty Um, great. Yeah, that was one thing I did notice. Moiraine, and I know I heard Rafe say Moiraine. Yes. Yeah, I, that's that seems to be the way he says it. Um, yeah, it's just him. I, I don't think I've heard that in the show, or at least in the in like the yeah. trailer of the show. But I've sort of heard him say it though. Yeah, in the scene, it seem it sounds pretty clear that Land says Land for one thing we mentioned, and yep, <laughs> and that he says Moraine. Um, yep. it it just kind of flows the the vowels out. It is 
a bit of a diphthong to some degree, but mm-hmm. you know, he kind of has a distinct OI sound when he says it. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah, right, right. I don't think, yeah, that's definitely doesn't matter. I just like noticed it when he was, he yeah, was, <laughs> something that had come up before. It is funny. We do get to see the oath rod um, early on, yeah. which right. is um, which is something funny. I, I think I pointed out. I don't. This is not a spoiler kind of thing or whatever. But that um, arguably, Robert Jordan didn't have the oath rod solidified as the object that they would use. Uh, yeah, um, in the first book. Yeah, yeah. in the first. Uh, I think it was like it's in, even in the second book. There's a moment where. Nynaeve, I think, says something about them standing in a Turangrial or something sure, like that sure. when they take, yep. take the oaths. And uh, now um, I think I said then, well, yeah, headcanon. She just doesn't know or she might not have known yet. And, and that's yep. very plausible. But I think it's just as likely that he just hadn't made up his mind yet. And um, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see it here. It's also kind of funny to me because at this point in the uh, story, it um, it hadn't appeared partially because I think Jordan hadn't quite um, thought it up yet. <laughs> yep, yep. So many cool things here, you know, with with the the power and channeling yeah. and Loghain. right? And so it's almost like she's there for the capture of Loghain, unless it's a supercut. I mean, which is like, which to be fair, we don't see. Ogain getting captured in the books anyway, right. but that would be, it certainly think it's probably fair to say that Moraine is not there. <laughs> right. Um, which it makes sense that, you know, if, if we're, if we're making things kind of flow better or, or for a TV show, you know, you're not going to, that, that makes sense if the show, especially the show is going to be centered around Moraine, that she would be there. Right. Um, and it may just be her visiting him wherever they're holding him you know, before they take him to the tower or something. Uh, maybe. I mean, she's channeling there. Right. I, I, I picture it more that she's like helping capture him or something. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I, I think you're, you're probably more likely, but it's just, you know, like you're saying with the way it's all cut together, you cut just, together. There's no telling. Yeah. yeah. After that, uh, we have a warder and one of the warders that we're, we're not exactly sure who he belongs who to, I think, yeah. um, where he's saying the, the, you know, I said, I mean, servants of all in the old tongue there, you know, again, it's kind of continuing the Moraine centricness by showing the hall of the tower and Moraine, mm-hmm. by the way, with the jewel on her head, um, right. notice right. that fans that are purists or will, will be a little happier seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we get some text based on the best-selling books by Robert Jordan. You know, I saw one person post, and I just thought it, it was interesting. I that where they said, "Shouldn't it say by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson?" Yeah. I think Sanderson would be totally exactly. okay with it not saying that. Like yeah. he, he never wanted. He, right. He never was counting on his work on the Wheel of Time to be what carried his career. Right. And I, I, that's exactly what I think most people said is that Sanderson wouldn't want it to say that. Um, I think he did it out of a labor of love. He wanted to see this in the world. Right. Exactly. Uh, I think uh, felt it was an honor. Yeah. And and I, I mean I think really any anyone who does that kind of this kind of work would probably 
Ripley, you know, where it's like they're somebody they really looked up to that they basically they saw it, he saw it as helping finish Jordan's mm-hmm. work, not as yeah. writing, authoring it himself, so to speak. Right. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, if, if that was the case, he would have probably done things differently. But he was very faithful to Jordan's notes. That was his goal was to finish it the way Jordan wanted it. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, this section that we're in isn't based off of anything Brandon Sanderson had anything to do with. So right. would, that's a good it point, would, too. It would it would doubly not make sense. After that, we get some shots of Moraine in the tower, then riding through the forest. And one thing that um, Rafe mentioned is that they tried to film things on location as much mm. as possible. There mm. aren't there's these aren't green screens and it's as much for the actors to get a feel for, you know, the world that they're supposed to be in, inhabiting as much as it is for realism of the show. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so important, really. Uh, you know, he says this shot that we see after Lana Moraine are talking about going to the two rivers, this wide shot. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful panorama. He's saying, you know, that is all real. There's nothing fake about mm-hmm. that. And that's the kind of thing we like to hear, you know, um, yep. in, a, in a, this day and age. of Yeah. And that's like a great comparison between the original Lord of the Rings movies and The Hobbit. You know, like there's that famous... Uh, moment where Ian McCullen it like tears up because he was like doing during the Hobbit he was um, like on a green screen talking to a puppet like trying to act and he like breaks down and he's like this is not why I became an actor to <laughs> be on a green screen yeah. compared to you know I, I think there was a lot less of that in the original Lord of the Rings right. movies and probably one of the key reasons why they're considered better Right. And there's just no doubt that being able to see what you're acting in and the the people or creatures you're acting against, um, which we'll mm-hmm. get into a little bit more here in a second. Yep. You know, I think, uh, um, and there's, there's just no doubt that it helps, um, with the overall quality, not just the end product for us to see, but the acting and I think really just the enjoyment of the actors, which plays into the quality of the product. The old blood runs runs deep in those mountains. You know, love mm-hmm. a little, love a little talk about the Manetherin. Um, <laughs> right. You know, over there. Tyshardness. Yes. Um, then we get an overhead shot of what looks to be a Gwen or is that I Oh, is it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're I right. Yeah, when, I didn't, you know, I didn't it look too close. It looks like it, it may be the similar moment from when she comes up, but you know, it may be, it could be any of them. You're you probably know, right. I think it's a Gwen. When she comes up in the other trailer, she's covered in different dyes and here she doesn't seem to be. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Who knows? Maybe it was a cutting room floor thing and we won't sh- see it in the actual show. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny how often that happens. Right. I mean, quite often, really, you'll you'll see stuff in trailers that it's like, oh, this was a cool shot that we didn't end up using. Oh, throw it in the trailer for a half second. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Then then we have a shot of Nynaeve's face, then uh, Egwene, then uh, the three boys. Just- and... Super cut of all the all the Tavirian. Right. And one of the things this uh you know comes up a little later in the trailer, but I'll go ahead and say it. Something that they seem to be doing that I think is interesting is Oh yeah, I was gonna mention that too. Yeah, yeah. The um instead of it just being the three boys. The three. All five. All five. Could be any of y'all. Any of y'all could be the chosen one. Yeah. I like that. 
I like that for for a couple of reasons. <laughs> as long as long as like we don't get into uh, the the end of the season and like Egwene is the dragon reborn, <laughs> right. like another turning of the wheel. Indeed, Sanderson, you warned us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that would that would definitely up, upset fans. Be a but, bit of a departure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I I have. By the way, I have no problem. I'm going to leave that in, even though some people would mm-hmm. be like spoiler. And it's like, okay, we just told you that originally it was just the three boys so that was mm-hmm. already a bit of a you know the tiniest bit of spoiler mm-hmm. but here's the thing i'm i'm here for it because not only does it yeah you know yeah why not girl power you know they they can mm-hmm. you know girls can be dragons now too and, oh yeah <laughs> um but just not in these books sorry not in these books that's just it's, it's, it's done it's happened this was the 90s man i wanted to tell you <laughs> just but if you have an objection to that, go write that book. I'm, I'll yeah. read it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But here's the, here's the main reason why I like it. It gives clear motivation why Egwene and Nynaeve are along for the ride, which is one of my bigger yeah, beefs. It, it is a problem. Yeah, early on, Egwene's like, eh, I'm going to tag along too. <laughs> And, and, and then, then Nynaeve just like follows them yeah. for reasons, yeah. She, <laughs> which I, I always mean, thought it was just like she was just trying to bring them home. I, right. I we sort of, which yeah. is what the. It, I mean, that's uh, that's ostensibly what it is. But like why she continues after it's clear that this is like a longer term thing when she clearly. Also, oh, I just figured that was I just figured that was because of land. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, just kidding. Not no. just that. Not just that. Well, I mean, it could, I don't know. I mean, at least, at least partly, yeah. You know. But anyway, we'll see. Back to the trailer. We we got this shot of a dark rider walking in, which um, is very intentionally uh, evoking a Lord of the Rings vibe. Um, oh yeah, right here Nazgul. Right. We do get a brief shot of Shadar uh, Lugas. Yeah. And the, and oh, and then and then the braid, the braid tug, oh, and the braid, the braid, and, braid tug, and toss the hair toss is like a good like and and uh, the way Rafe described it, I don't know if we're gonna see it again in the show, which may or may not be a bad thing, uh, right. but it was a pretty good approach of you know like the braid tugging is such a meme, and it, you can see how it could just be sort of awkward, <laughs> but right. it's done well here. It's sort of like and and even a, even to take it a step further in the books, it almost comes across as this like petulant sort of right not necessarily great thing yeah, as far almost, as when it comes yes, to you know maybe even slightly women. sexist like yeah, there yeah. that's the word i was trying to i was dancing around but that's really it um yeah. and so this is his approach is certainly more empowering feeling <laughs> yeah for you, you to, get the braid which has to be in the show but then you know just hair toss sort of angry right. hair toss like yeah pretty you probably hear my wiener dog in the background there we have trick or treaters no worries no i i agree with you i think it would be good for there to be maybe this a handful of times but i don't think it needs to be as big a thing that like purists will be like oh no we've got to have a whole ton of braid tugging and it's like i mean that why no (laughs) yeah you have it in the book you have the character that character thing in the book i think you just need a little bit i think this is like just a nod yeah yeah the nod i think i think it it, but it also makes it kind of its own thing by adding that toss so absolutely um, then then we get the line it's one of the five of you as Mm -hmm. we've seen the the field five which uh like we said i think is an upgrade we also see rand with a bow um which is cool I think Daniel Green said that, you know, he was a bit of a bow boy at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that is good. It's good to have um, it highlighted. Yeah. Highlit. 
I, I lit. Um, <laughs> we get a we're gonna get a line from Matt. Have you fully lost your mind? Which feels like a very Matt line. Um, mm-hmm. And R.I.P. Barney Harris. Not literally, yeah. but <laughs> right, right. Um, I, you know, all of these shots of like sweeping stuff and everything, it's so beautiful. I mean, then we get to what is, um, yeah, I'm sure the post winter night, they're looking up at the, the surrounding mountains near Emmons field. And, and Egwene says, what are those? Uh, what are those? It's like a whole army of Trollocs. This is something Daniel Green said this. It's actually something I think really great about wheel of time that can kind of go overlook. The Dark One didn't just send a couple of riders out to go right. kill the Chosen One. A whole dang army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's what you would expect a dark force, a sentient dark force with mm-hmm. um, all of these weapons at his disposal to do. He's going to send um, almost everything he can just to wipe out. I was copying Fellowship of the Ring, but with improvements. Exactly. (laughs) So it's not just like a handful of, you know, guys on horseback that could Uh pretty easily be evaded if you just get off the road versus, you know, it's like, no, you you need to run for your life as far and as fast as you can go. And by the way, if you don't, then they're going to destroy everything in their path trying to get to you. Um, And eat you. They're going to eat you. Yes. So in the tropics, you know, it will be interesting to see more, but I really like that it's practical yep. you know and he i think right said something about like cg enhancements to right. make to make it a, an image you couldn't really do in real life but mostly practical costumes right it looks and real. I'm, I'm there i'm here for it yeah i'm here for it yeah my immediate yeah my immediate first thought was either that's practical or it is excellent cg and yeah and um, it's in the true and it's the right mixture right and i always think of with with like the light touch CG, I always think of uh, um, Force Gump, the the ping oh, yeah. pong ball. <laughs> yeah, like perfect amount of CG. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's so in- interesting when you look at all the the sh- the movies in the '90s that were using CG when it was still relatively rudimentary, and mm-hmm. how oftentimes it's much more invisible than it is mm-hmm. today. Um, right, because they they had such kind of they they knew their limits more. I think in that time, yeah. and so it was like, all right, right. it's it's aged, either it's aged well or it's really 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 not aged well right. from the yeah. 90s yeah yeah that's true there are there are some that are you know, awful like jurassic park compared to i mean even like in jumanji some of the actual cg they have is real bad yeah <laughs> compared yeah. to some some practical effects and then they have some cg and it's like really obvious when it's cg right yeah it's it's amazing though to me like how you you know you you have these huge budget movies and they can still end up with like really chintzy looking stuff sometimes mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah it all comes down to like the the skill of the animator nowadays right. i think and that's yeah. like the reason why the marvel movies have gotten better over time is they've like the people they employ who do that stuff have just gotten really good at it right well also i mean one of the things that's happened is that you have a lot more effects houses now and mm-hmm. so they get more and more specialized too like uh, sure sure like <laughs> this guy only does bicycles i don't but, know yeah yeah almost al- <laughs> almost like i know at least for a, a long time there was one special effects house that all they did was uh iron man's uh, heads up display that's nice that's nice that was like their job and that's pretty cool i mean that's not that's a pretty good day at the office right i mean it is it is yeah you know anyway back to the trailer you know we do have 
we do have who what appears to be narg yeah <laughs> and um, we, didn't hear him, we didn't hear him talk but you know we'll get to that <laughs> yeah yeah who knows we may that uh, that may be i hope so yeah. yeah i don't know if that if, if they did cut that i mean it wouldn't be the end of the world i wouldn't right. be surprised but i would i would like it to happen. i i could see that being like pretty divisive among fans because i think mm-hmm. i think there's some people that think narg is just such this kind of weird outlier in the books mm-hmm. that right it, it doesn't happen again right yep. And so there's like not another chance to talk to a Trollic in the whole books. Like we don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't chat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Narg smart. So. All right. No, I, um, I, I'm more like you. I was like, I like it in there. It's just it's kind of fun, you know, it, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it's kind of a slightly humorous moment, too. I mean, mm-hmm. in the, um, and, and also, I mean, it, it, it comes up later when when uh, Rand tells the story and people are like, wait, you talk to a Trolloc? It's kind of like there's there's kind yeah, of like, you can see how they, they're going to do. They're going to pull this off like they're going to get the Moraine scene in Emmons Field. And also we're getting uh, Rand scene at the, the house, but we may not get the, the, you know, Rand dragging Tam through you know back to town on the wagon. Right. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Maybe very fast like it's just a, I, just one shot i'm i'm just wondering if it they're going to actually live in town yeah i, I mean see that that'd be okay i know I I, really yeah i know people might be you upset still, you could could still have sheep in town i mean you know right it's just all depends on the local ordinances yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I know in some cities you can have chickens and you know in an apartment <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I can see uh tam sitting there reading a, a book on uh urban farming you know with <laughs> All the different right. ways you can do those kinds of things. It's got window boxes. Yeah, exactly. Right after this, which is so cool to me, is uh, Faldara. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it said it's like a some sort of city in the Czech Republic that like is built on this like stone foundation. And right. I'm, I'm presuming they've like CGified it a little bit to oh, make yeah. it different, but, but pretty cool. That's an actual place in Czech yeah, and then you can see Tarwin's Gap. Yeah, um, you know, like I always picture Tarwin's Gap being further away, but I like that it's right there. It's an right. epic kind of moment that you know will be really cool. Yeah, in the show it kind of turns I Feldara hope. into more of the clear, like like the Watchers on the Wall kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. This is the easiest spot for the the mm-hmm. you know Trollocs to just come waltzing through. Yeah, so. I was thinking Helm's Deep, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It, it is. <laughs> I also, got like a lot of things on the mind. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of people are going to, I think, draw the con- comparison of the blight with and uh, with the yeah. North in right, um, right. G- Game of Thrones, just because there there are a fair number of similarities, like that whole idea mm-hmm. of there being some kind of force coming from the North, and that the people right. along the border they they know about it, they believe in it, they deal with Which, it. Which, to the time. be fair, it's not like George R. R. Martin came up with this idea. I mean, no. it's based on Hadrian's Wall, you know, the the Celtic British Isles dealio. Right, right. Um, and of course, I of the world did come first. So, um, <laughs> right. Even so, always worth always worth remembering that. Yes, uh, I, I think it's cool. Is and uh, in, in one of the next following shots, you have a silhouetted image of you know it could be Agomar. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. Agomar. I would figure. Yeah, yeah. top knot is visible there. Yeah, and that's just cool. You know, <laughs> you just it is. It like, is indeed. Yeah, they're doing it, man. They're getting those mm-hmm. bits. The next sequence is is interesting. It's an Sedai being burned at the stake i think yeah yeah something that is 
I think pretty clearly in, invented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then we have um, who I think it is uh, Eamon Valda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sitting presumably the way that they have it set up, because you can see in the flexion of the goblet that he has. Oh yeah, watching the Aes Sedai burn at the stake. Right. Yeah. See, yeah. real classy. As he uh, is sitting there eating, and then shortly after that, you have him uh, tucking a collecting his trophy. <laughs> yeah, a, a serpent ring on on his belt. So and it's confusing because we cut to Lan and Moraine and Lan's wearing white. I'm like, wait, is Lan a white cloak? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a confusing <laughs> cut. But before we get into that, I just want to say like, I, okay, I agree. Daniel Green was saying like, you know, they're going to have to do some splaining about how the white cloaks are so much more effective. And sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Catching. Yeah, I mean, it makes it. I, I like it. Oh, yeah. Because as we've talked about ad nauseum, all of the white cloak sequences just feel like a waste of time. Right. So yep. it's like, what are, what are we wasting time with these useless dummies? Yeah. <laughs> they just feel like a, 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 a an annoyance. Um, yeah. So make them more menacing. I'm all about them actually being, you know, Aes Sedai hunters who are successful sometimes. Right. Yeah. I love this image of, you know, him having a bunch of great serpent rings. Mm-hmm. And yep. I know from the books, we are kind of just supposed to hate Eamon Valda. He's just yep. one of the, like, there are a handful of white cloaks that you can feel a little less frustrated with, but you're just, not he him. is not him. He's awful. And so right from the get-go, having him be this really awful person and showing up earlier and everything, I'm like, yeah, I think that could work. Um, sure, sure. And it, and it also gives a little bit more texture into the complexity of this world that you know you have these different forms of opposition other than just Dark One versus our mm-hmm. heroes. Um Everything. So yes, uh, moving on to the next sequence you mentioned. The and I was going to say I would be okay with just make it Valda and you know maybe Pedro Nile at right. some point, but we don't. Yeah, just get rid of some of that nonsense. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I, I saw somebody saying like they could even collapse uh, Jacob Cardin into him and Valda, like make him the same. Yes. One hundred percent. I think I did that in my head already. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see them doing that as well. So we'll see. I mean, if they make them good characters, then I wouldn't mind them being in there. But it, mm-hmm. it's like you're saying they're in, in the books. They're often just kind of an annoyance rather than yep. um, a well kind of thought out uh, foil. Next is this sequence of. Lan and Moraine and looks like maybe some other Aes Sedai around all wearing white. And Lan is extremely distraught. Moraine is uh, also distraught. She's crying. Doesn't look quite as distraught as Lan. It's Rafe explains kind of the dis- relationship between Aes exactly. Sedai and their order. Yeah. yeah. Displaying the bond. So perhaps one or the other of them is dealing with a major loss and mm-hmm. and all that entails. And it's the other is feeling it, uh, feeling that through the bond. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now Daniel Green kind of talked about a little bit he's and he, i think he cut some of it out when after he listened to rafe's explanation but he he's referred to a little bit how this does seem pretty uncharacteristic of land to show this amount of emotion mm-hmm. regardless of what is happening that his whole a, a big part of his character is that he is 
carved a stone that he just doesn't show that kind of emotion. And so it, it feels like kind of a departure to have him get this emotional. Yeah. I, and I kind of, I can kind of agree with that. Actually, I, I, mm-hmm. they're going to have to really justify this is all I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. totally against it, but they're going to have to earn this moment for, for me as a, a fan of land from the books to, to be like, you know, okay, yeah, that's, that worked. Because right, right. I'm a little suspicious of it at this moment, or sus, mm-hmm. as the kids say. Um, <laughs> one of the things that is kind of interesting is this phrase that comes next when Rand says, we've lost too many people. I can't lose you too. This makes me wonder if we're going to have a few characters that survive in the book die earlier on. That, I mean, I'm, I'm that's not, one of those things that always kind of is... is, is I don't know that I don't like it, but it's so noticeable, especially right. after reading something like Game of Thrones, you know, like A Song yeah. of Ice and Fire, the fact that characters don't die very often. And if they do, it's very much a throwaway character. Right. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, I would be not surprised at all if that happens. Yeah. Some, some character that, that is not super important, but survives in the books just bites it earlier. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good call. I'm not really making exactly an expect, a special uh, speculation at this point because, for one thing, I don't want to open up that can of worms right now to us to that's go down the rabbit hole. Be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because because we could talk for forever if we got into the, oh, yeah. you know, some of the ripple effects of some of these characters. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll be curious to see. And if it happens, you know, in the first few episodes when we do our discussion on that, I, you might hear me say, okay, I didn't say it, but I, that was someone I thought and might, might die early. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we can talk about the, the ramifications right. at that right. point. So I thought it was interesting in Rafe's overview that this shot of the overtop with the white cloaks surrounding Perrin and Egwene, that he straight up says that that is Aram over... Right, yeah. He says, like, oh, yeah, it's an extra we left in the shot. Whoops, oh, no, it's Aram. I'm, yeah. I won't tell you why he's there. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, you know, he... Because my first impression is, oh, that guy's dead. I mean... Right, right. And I did think yeah. that, well, that looks like a tinker cloak, you know, with mm-hmm. all the colors. But but when he says, well, it's Aram, is, is are they going to kill him off sooner? <laughs> and, or, or, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody would, but but he he does have a bit of an interesting arc. It, I mean, it's just interesting that he just went ahead and said, "Yeah, that's that's Aram there, right, right there." And what? And there's an explanation for why. I'm I'm assuming that he's okay, that he's just injured, and that this will lead on to the things we see him do later on. That this will kind of inspire some of the rest of his story. This is my guess. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the fun thing about this trailer is that there's lots of little bits throughout. You know, you get a little bit more trollic uh then you you wind up at the waygate um mm-hmm. now the waygate image I, I don't know if you noticed this sam but it's technically the first glimpse it's only his back of loyal no oh. <laughs> just beyond who i think maybe a gwain on the left there i'm not sure if it's gwain or or naive yeah. um we just yeah we see the back of of uh what would have to be loyal at this point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just a very minor thing. It goes by quickly. You don't see anything but the back of his head. No, and you don't even see any quivering tufted ears. So, so it doesn't really give us any information other than that's almost definitely 99.9% that that 
his yeah, yeah right it's gotta be. things get more and more intense we see once again more trollocs we see moraine throwing fireballs i've heard some people say they were a little disappointed with the way this looked um with hmm. the cg of, oh yeah that's something we had talked about before the you know Hurt. cg quality <laughs> i thought it was good i i mean i don't know maybe my expectations are a little lower yeah but, but then we follow that up with Loghain. And Wraith confirmed, you had mentioned in the teaser, that the the black swirling around him is the taint. Right. Which make, oh, good, yeah. good eye. Wraith was very careful to say he didn't call it the taint. Did you catch that? He What did he say? He called it the corruption. Hmm. And so... What's the difference? This well only because the it people aren't going to be able to call it ha ha the taint ha ha the dark uh-huh. one's taint. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to miss the the jokes about it, frankly. You know, and I don't. I have, think I'll be a little disappointed if they never say it, say those words. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like jokes aside, it just is like a core. Yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, it's a war. it's a major thing, but and it and it uh, corruption doesn't roll off the tongue quite as no, it does um, not quite the same way. But but I do think it's interesting that they they are visually representing it with the that black oily as they keep saying, and that it kind of goes over the the uh, weave after the fact. So that's cool. Really, the next big thing is. I don't know. Do we say Aiel? Can I say Aiel? Oh, yes. Okay. So we'll say it. We'll say it. <laughs> yeah, All we right. should. I mean, <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to say we're going to we're, we're going to get firmly into spoiler territory here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, because this this may be my favorite moment in this trailer and I want to talk fully about it. So absolutely. Spoilers, total spoilers for for New Spring and everything else. So this is almost definitely the Aiel War. It's a flashback. And Blood Snow. And it's so cool to see just even a half second of an Aielman uh, just trucking. Spears. Yeah. yeah spears on his back. Yeah. Just, and, you know, the death machine that you know that these guys mm-hmm. are running with that purpose. Um, right. And then pulling down this heavily armored warrior by the cape. And actually, uh, Daniel Green, I liked his hypothesis. Like, what if that is actually Tam? <laughs> like, that'd be cool. Yeah, that like an Iuman, it like runs across and just like slams Tam down, and that they like duel. And right. because I mean, that would make sense. That would be if if it's from a, a perspective, makes sense for it to be Tam. Sure. Right. But yeah, this course would be. Flashing back to most likely Rand's birth, right? Um, it, it's just cool to see, even just from the back, even even garbs probably slightly differently than they normally would because they're in white instead of brown. Um, mm-hmm. The the Aiel represented even in a short sequence. That is something that I I was really psyched. I was like, yes, because <laughs> I think most people who really love Wheel of Time really love the Aiel. It's right, right. You know, yeah. I can't wait to see how they're they're received by the general public. And right, it's like such a cool. Yeah, I cool I always group. describe them as Celtic Arabian ninjas. Yep, <laughs> and, and then people look at me like what, and I'm like, yeah. That's yeah, it's it's basically um, just a picture of those three things like melded together and with with some like Native Americanness in there, too, I would mm-hmm. say, or, yep. or yep. just, you know, Aboriginal or whatever you want to say, some, sure. something that is is very of the earth and, and 
a rudimentary way. So uh, the next few shots don't really tell us much. Get the outline of Darth Vader for a second. No, I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just like lots of shoots, jumps to Rand, then the tower, and then the symbol. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing in this moment is I think we're getting a preview of the theme uh, with mm-hmm. the uh, music there, sure. yeah. which is pretty cool sounding to me. I, I'm, yeah, I agree. That's It's the kind of thing that I like. I hear that music and I'm like, yeah, I could picture getting hyped to that you know, on, mm-hmm. a, on a weekly basis. And then you get Perrin and Gwen talking, Perrin asking if they'll ever go back home or if, if she thinks they'll ever go back home. Several more exciting shots of different things happening and Egwene saying, no. <laughs> really just kind of hammering home kind of the Fellowship of the Ring vibe that you you get from this. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is an adventure away from home. A lot of the themes are, you know, you can't return home and it, at least it won't be the same. It, and it is about just, you know, leaving the safe place and venturing out into the scary world. And that is a, a lot of the, you know, major themes in, in these early books, especially. It is it's funny how much like the books, of course, just shift radically from kind of this that kind of fantasy that is is kind of a travel log to mm-hmm. more of a a uh, world spanning political kind of but not just political it's, still, it's, it's like it's still a travel log they're just i just like they're always just going back and forth between places right, <laughs> right. After, after that initial traveling you know we said at our last show update yeah this will probably be the last one unless something happens and then i saw it <laughs> and then like and, and right part, a day or two later <laughs> yeah well part of the thing was i i saw it and i was like well we don't need to cover it and then i i mm-hmm. I kept watching it because I didn't even notice the Aiel sequence the first time I watched it. And that was actually like, oh, okay, I want to talk about this. Like yeah, this little yeah, moment yeah. right here for me. No, what I'm thinking of the drop right after recorded was the GQ article. Oh, um, yeah. I don't want to talk about it in depth. But one thing I did like was how they talk about how they've like basically built a village in the Czech Republic. And, right. you know, like Rosamund Pike's like, yeah, you know, we're all going to live here for a few years if the show takes off. And like just kind of yeah. being settled in one place is not something, especially in the Czech Republic, is not something they picture doing. And uh, yeah. it's kind of a cool kind of like they set up their own sort of production studio in the Czech Republic in this little kind of village. And I wonder how much of that was just necessitated by the pandemic too. You know, like everything was booked up as far as production went. And so like, all right, we'll just, you know, make our own production company with Blackjack and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I get that reference. Um, Yeah. 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 So, and then of course, yeah, there's been lots of little, little drops on, on Twitter of time and different things like that. But, um, and I'm sure there'll be more. There'll probably be one the day after we put this up. Oh, of course. So, because we're we're coming down to the wire here, but um, mm-hmm. anyway, it's just fun. I'm excited to see the show. It is, yeah. Get hyped. Yeah. There's so much content coming out right now. We're, we're in a phase of a lot of things getting released that have been put off because of the pandemic. And so they're all kind of like coming back to back. Like um, mm-hmm. we've got like Eternals this weekend. Cowboy right, Be- right. Bebop is coming out the same week as uh, Wheel of Time, which is mm-hmm. crazy to me. Yeah, I, well, I- action cowboy yeah. bebops which which looks pretty good i i yeah I, I mean i didn't watch death note i'm not really i don't know oh, yeah, how i yeah. feel about these live action adaptations of anime but well, I, yeah, mo- I mean maybe it'll be fun most of the time they're com- they feel completely unnecessary to me but for some reason i mm-hmm. i watched i wasn't anticipating this but i watched the trailer for cowboy bebop and i was like you know that looks fun it kind of worked like it, it's like it's its own thing a little bit but well sure, sure. 
calling back to the original but anyway yeah, in november I, I, there's a bunch of disney stuff coming out like the hawkeye show i think right. shang chi is going to be on disney plus which i still haven't seen shang chi yet so like well i'll finally catch it on disney plus probably yeah yeah so i mean yeah, yeah it's, and then of course just Lots recently here dune which uh mm-hmm. have you gotten to see dune yet no nah, um, i don't know if i will yeah oh man honestly i was i didn't like the books uh well well <laughs> It's just gorgeous, though. Yeah, and yeah. I, I liked the books. I didn't I like when I tried to read them as a as a kid, I, I just I wasn't ready for them. And mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I don't, I don't know about this, but I, I liked the uh, sci fi miniseries that came out mm-hmm. and um, I tried to I watch it. You know, but Every, anyway, yeah, I need to get a I need to get a month of HBO for a few things anyway. So but probably. it's it seems a, like it'd be worth it for that. It's a first half you know so it does mm-hmm. it does feel very odd pacing wise because there's mm-hmm. kind of the climax kind of happens like two-thirds of the way through and then there's like a you know a, like a 45 minute long denouement basically <laughs> and, and then <laughs> right. it just and then, then it just kind of ends like kind of abruptly and it's like okay come see the next part so <laughs> right uh you know, for people who who don't know the source material at all, uh, my fiance was sitting next to me and she was like having trouble staying awake and later said, I wasn't a huge fan of that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> yeah. I can kind of understand why. Like if you're right, if, right. If, if you're not a fan of the force ma- source material at all, then it it just feels like you're getting a lot of stuff thrown at you and then it just ends. And it's like, what? <laughs> um, and does it, does it feel good to be able to say that? <laughs> what fiance <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's congrats uh, man yeah uh, we're, i'm uh really really happy for you that's uh, thanks yeah it's good stuff it's it's exciting thanks for the congrats and uh yeah not that our fans care about our personal lives or anything but yes I, <laughs> right, right i did get engaged a few weeks ago miraculously Indeed. yeah yeah so Anyway, looking forward to that. You know, that sounds like a, a, a good place to end. Sam, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, you know, uh, as usual, check us out on the socials. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed here, we'd love to hear them. And the next mailbag episode, we'll uh, give you a shout out if you say something nice or say something we want to talk about. If you'd like to donate, we have a big donate button on our website, tsmpodcast.com. Uh, if you'd like to donate, keep us, keep us going. That'd be great. If not, hey, we're happy you're here. Until next time. Ty Sharman Etherin.